Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 133 of the Caesar Show. It's your boy, Sir Caesar, and we're back. It's been a long, long time. Hope you guys enjoyed this offseason so far. I know I've been enjoying it. It just seems like there's always... 24-7 drama going around with the NBA as well too so I'm glad that even after the finals there's always something to still talk about as well too so just to rehash on the last episode Terrence Willie couldn't be with us the last episode he was in New York all booed up and whatnot exploring New York Sorry. City Sorry, <laughs> but it was me myself Carl Conyers um, and we essentially just previewed the finals and we both had the Nuggets winning in six even though my gut said five so I'm happy we didn't place any bets and nothing like that I got to keep my money but I did fulfill my bet with Terrence um, we got that ramen which was really really good the other day as well too Thanks. <laughs> now to formally introduce my co's ladies and gentlemen make some noise for Terrence Whaley Now you're good. How you been, man? How was New York? What you what you been up to? What's new in life, man? Uh, New York was good, man. As always, I feel like uh, it's probably it's probably safe to say that's like my third home now. As as many trips as I've taken like the last two years. What's your second? Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. First is L.A. now. Obviously, it's wherever I lay my head. But um, but New York is cool. I think I always tell people trying to go to New York, the best time to go is like. Between like May and like August, because it's just the summertime. Mm-hmm. It's good. People are outside. You know, people dress well, things like that. And you know, my girl Siobhan, she liked to be outside, so we was outside. Outside with your introvert ass. So I'll be trying to keep up, but you know, we, we we had a good time. But you know, now I'm back in LA, getting back to work. Um, so now, yeah, just ready to for to to end out the year. Got my birthday coming up next week, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good time. July 9th, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on yes, Sunday, sir. Sunday. Yes, sir. Another cancer in the building. You know it. Okay, I'm a Leo though. Um, <laughs> that's cool, man. I even saw you on TikTok. I was like, Oh yeah. I, I just rarely saw a nigga with a BS. I was like, Who the fuck is this? I'm just like, I don't know how the New York stuff come up on your timeline. My my brother, like ever since he came to LA, he would just I don't know what the algorithms are for TikTok. He would just be on TikTok, and he was like, Yo, see, I wish I was out here. Look at Brooklyn. The shit look lit. Yeah. Then I looked at it. I looked at it again. I looked at it again, and I paused it. I screen recorded, then I paused it, and took a screenshot. I was yeah. like, "Oh, there go Terrence on a rooftop." <laughs> that was my first. That was literally I got off the plane. I hadn't gone to sleep at all, at because like my flight was like five or six a.m. the next morning. We went out to Soho House, remember? And oh yeah, that was, it was that same day. Like the, it was the next day. I was on a rooftop in New York, bro. Damn. So, yeah, I really be outside with it. Yeah. Now I got a few friends in New York and my cousin, one of my real, real close cousins, uh, Zach stays in Brooklyn too. So okay. I'm trying to get out there. I feel like I would enjoy it. Honestly, I would enjoy it in the summer. I've been in the summertime a few years ago for July 4th weekend, but I want to try to go there in the fall. Like, okay, I like yeah. the fall. I miss the fall on the East Coast. I'm trying to see the, the Knicks play. So it'd be a good time to go see them. Like it'd be a dope. Like if we went out there for just like on some solo, not solo, but like you know, me and Siobhan did like Christmas in New York and saw a Christmas Day game. That'd be crazy. That'd be but, fire. You know, anytime that you know the season's going on, it'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, let's get to it, man. Before we get into you know the off season moves, we gotta definitely set aside some time to rehash uh, the NBA Finals. Man, the Nuggets beat the Miami Heat in five games. Like I said, I was one game short. Um, 
Nikola Jokic was named Finals MVP, scoring 30 points per game, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, shot 58% from the field, 84% from the free throw line, 42% from three. Honorable mention, the number two on that team, Jamal Murray, 21 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, 45% from the field, 38 from three, 93 from the free throw line. Then on the losing end, Jimmy Butler didn't have the best series, but still ended up with 22-6-5, and Bam stepped up 22-12-5, man. So... In these five games, man, what, what were your thoughts on the finals? Was it was it was it what you expected? X, Y, and Z. Just, just share, share your two cents with me. Cool. I mean, I, I'll definitely start off. I mean, it, it definitely was what I expected. I felt like Denver. Um, a lot of times when you see, um, you know, I won't say a dominant team, but I'll say like a, a team that just looks good on both offense and defense. They just had that like, they just had that that fire on both ends for all series that they played. Um, I won't lie, I only watched two of the five games because I was just... Mm, that's all you need to watch. I was just, you know, moving around. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think Nikola, you know, he just... He just... He stepped forward, I think, this year in a way we haven't seen before where he kind of just took the mantle of, like, understanding that, yo, we haven't gotten to where we need to be. And, like, he, I think he just used that outside noise as motivation and kind of just dominated, you know, every matchup he had, you know. And I think... You know, it's it's cool to see him win because I always like to see the teams that have never won um, as a franchise win. Thanks. I think that's like a, you know, it's a good thing for the NBA because you always need parity. It's always good to have the big market teams in there too, but like you, you really do want to see those new histories, you know, be written in the rule book or in the in the history book. Yeah. Um, And now I'm interested to see, you know, what the rest of his career looks like because a lot of times, you know, for a player like Jimmy Butler, for example, I feel like the writing's not, I don't want to say writing's on the wall with his career, but you kind of know what you're getting from Jimmy. And, like, you know, the only thing that could really, you know, continue to elevate his, um, his what's the word I'm looking for? Legacy is, is a championship. But with Nikola being in his prime, it's I'm now more intrigued as a viewer, as an NBA fan, to, like, really tap in with Nikola's story. And, like, I think that that's cool when you become a first-time winner mm-hmm. in your prime. Yeah. Nah, man. Well, he only 27-2. So, like you say, he yeah. just scratched the, scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. But, like, even when Carl was here episodes ago, you guys have seen it. But I saw it last year when Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. was out, and they played Golden State in that first round, and he was still giving them damn near 30. And I was like, if he just had his dogs with him, yeah. he can match up with anybody. And I remember earlier in the year – I was saying, yeah, I think they can go as far as conference finals, but uh, potentially finals. And um, they made history. So I'm proud of them as well, too. And I'm also proud of Jamal Murray for missing basically two years. Last time we saw him was in the bubble, came back and was a great number two option as well, too. And then obviously the pieces that they added with Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, um, Aaron Gordon surprised me a lot as well, too. I I enjoyed his play as well. So. They Bruce, did great. Bruce was a problem. I, I'm I'm interested to see like if, if they retain him or not. Yeah, because I know he's gonna get a bag. Yeah, so. I yeah I, I think he's gonna get a bag elsewhere. Um, so I think it was just you know his what was he there for one year? Yeah, one year, one year like what, like eight eight million dollar deal or whatnot from Brooklyn. Yep. So if I'm him, like I'm a role player. You know what I'm saying? One of the premier role players. One of the premier league. role players who's up this game every year. But if I'm him, I'm just like, all right, want a chip. You know what I'm saying? Let me go to another contending team that can, or a playoff-based team that I can contribute to and get even more money. So I don't blame him for leaving at all. But, yeah. Um, nah, yeah, uh, I was a little disappointed in Jimmy. I mean, obviously everyone battles, with, you know, with you know minor 
injuries, nagging injuries that kind of go on, but that's still not an excuse. But the times when you kind of wanted him to take over, um, he was just very passive. Didn't seem like he was into the game. I don't know if it was because he had a had the duty of scoring, being the number one option for his team, and also chasing Jamal Murray the whole time. Like I didn't know what it was, and I was also disappointed, even though he's a role player. Caleb Martin, I was kind of disappointed in him as well too. I mean, any any thought any thoughts on Jimmy and any you know? So wait, so you so I mean again, like I said, I, I didn't yeah, watch too, too much of it. But, yeah. but like, are you saying like the 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 like the clock kind of struck twelve and they kind of turned back into pumpkins? Yeah, and that's why I was mad when people were saying, "Oh, Caleb Martin should have been Eastern Conference." I was like, "No, Jimmy Butler was clearly." Caleb Martin had a great closeout game. I mean, he had like he had two three decent games, but as far as I'm looking at from a seven-game series. I don't even care about the seven games. The whole goal is to win four games in a series. With those four games, I thought Jimmy Butler was the best player on both ends. Um, but it just sucked that he didn't have uh, that much left. I mean, I, you probably saw the closeout game, I'm assuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you – he was he was missing layups. Like, he was, like, being passive, and then he wanted to turn it on, like, towards the end of the game when it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. It's just, like – it's those moments where you kind of just, for better, for better, or for loss of better words, like I don't know what more you can expect out of Jimmy based on where he is and where his ceiling is as an NBA basketball player. Like I, I don't ever really expect Jimmy to be the best player on a championship, championship team. team. Yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, I think to me, he he maxed out all his potential, got them where they needed to be in 2020, and where they got this year. Yeah, I mean, for his stint in Miami, they they've done a pretty good job. Like you said, he's not a number one championship. He's he's like, is he a one B? I guess then on a championship team. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Like, I think like for example, like if he was still in Philly, he'd be perfect. Oh yeah, he would be perfect. That would be. I don't know why they chose Tobias or Ben Simmons over him. That we'll save that for another day as well, too. Yeah. But what also came to mind was, I mean, do you put Spo as like a top five coach of all time? Um, I mean, there's a lot of coaches to go through. I guess right. top five in the modern era. For modern era for us, what late nineties up till now? Yeah, I would. I mean, I would if just off the top of my head, I'm going uh, Phil Jackson, and then I mean Pop. Man. Yeah, Pop. I would say Pop and then Phil and then because he's because he had more talent. Agnostic, yeah. He just you know he gonna win and then um and then I put probably Spo. Spo. There's somebody else I'm missing, but I don't think so. Doc. No. <laughs> nah. But there I mean no, Steve Kerr. There we go. Okay, Steve right. Kerr. Steve you Kerr. Put Steve Kerr before Eric Spoelstra, depending on how you feel. And everyone else was kind of just like one offs. Right. Yeah. So. You know? I would say LeBron because LeBron. You're sick, bro. Because LeBron, look, I don't, I don't even attach a coach to LeBron's name, but hey. I mean, whatever. Mike Brown, look what he's doing right now with the Kings. Yeah, you know, I think in that, that job. The championship he won in 2020. I mean, the Miami Heat were just a better team back in the day, but what's what's coach name for the Indian oh, Pacers back in the day? Frank, Frank, Vogel. Frank Vogel. He's yeah. a decent coach. Yeah. Who else Who else coached LeBron? Ty Lue's a decent coach. David, LeBron, LeBron. David Blatt. <laughs> Mike Brown, okay. Mike, Mike Brown, Eric yes, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, Eric Spoelstra, Mike Brown, no, I'm not Ty Lue. I'm sorry, I'm not counting Mike. I'm sorry. Why? But look what he's doing with this with this young team in Sacramento. I mean, he still had Miami. I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers is one of the best defensive teams that year. They went to the finals in 07. in 07. Okay, yeah, sixty win record. I mean, obviously LeBron is the exactly. not, he's the reason why they're Precisely. there, but like. 
He did a great job of sack for yeah. sure. I give him that. I'm just saying I don't want to discredit some of these coaches. You know, what I'm saying that's all I'm saying. Okay, I give it to Eric <laughs> I ain't give it to nobody else. That's okay. Right. I mean, we used to think of that about Eric Spoelstra until not until LeBron left. Yeah, exactly. So, and you're never gonna get the credit to LeBron. Yeah. So no, that's interesting. That was it. Was a good finals. Um, I think I, I I can't remember the stat, but they were saying something along the lines of like this playoffs was one of like the most viewed playoffs or something like that. I can't really remember. I wish I had the actual stat up. Yeah, there's a lot of parody in the league right now, and as a as a viewer, like you just feel like, especially those those fan bases that never felt like they had a chance, you, you have a chance now. Yeah, like Zach, like Zach, you see, you've been in. Fucking playoff purgatory forever. <laughs> now you have a chance. Even Atlanta, like you lost in six games, but like y'all looked good when y'all played Boston. Especially with the new CBA taking out super teams. We'll get into super team pretty soon. Um, yeah, we're gonna see a lot of uh, a lot of non historic traditional big market teams compete for championships. So like you said, I I, I love that as well too. So I don't think we really gonna have much repeats i can see like a repeat as like a team getting to the finals but it's gonna be tough to get a back-to-back now with shit that's happening i think yeah and i mean you just got again player movement all the time um so i'm really interested to see about draymond's situation but um but yeah i think i think now the team that I think has the best opportunity is, is obviously Denver. I feel like they they have a chance for good continuity, but other than that, I don't I don't I don't see a I don't see repeats, especially not a three. And and that's literally what I was going to ask you next. I was like, with the Nuggets roster intact, obviously it's still free agency. We don't know what's going to happen with Bruce Brown and whatnot. Jamal Murray's going to be there another year. Michael Porter, I expect him to get better. Like you said, Joker just touched his prime. Aaron Gordon feels comfortable in that system now. Like. Should they be favorites next year? And do, and do you and how do you think they can repeat next year as well too? Yes, uh, I mean I, I have them as favorites again. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think Jokic is just showing like he's 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 unguardable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so. If you have that player on your team, you always have a shot. Mm-hmm. And I think so long as they continue to put shooting around him so that he could play make out of that, out of the double team, stuff like that, their offense will always be potent in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I didn't think they had it, but they they, they showcased We were talking about can, that, but too, yeah. They can play that in. Like I said, ah, I need to get that tape. They can get timely stops when they need to. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, they keep the roster um, mostly the same. I think that they'll, they'll, they'll definitely have a shot, especially now with – you know, Golden State, like, kind of being, like, in this state of transition. Definitely in a gray area for sure. And then, you know, I mean, the Lakers, they'll be there too, but, you know, they've shown that they can beat everybody in the West. So. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, well, I was about to say from that, I'm going blank here right now. Yeah, the, I mean, like, growing up a Spurs fan, I feel like we're watching, like, the modern-day Spurs in a sense as well too. Where we just have that continuity with the star players, and you just keep mixing talent with them as well too, with a strong coach. So it was nice to see them play. Yeah, I like. Um, I just like when a team builds through the draft and like gets it right, and then gets rewarded for for you know picking the right players year after year to build a, a nucleus mm-hmm. a core for your team. Yeah, um, and that's that's what Denver looks like. That's what the Memphis Grizzlies look like. Um, so um, having that makes them look like they've kind of got like that Spurs dynamic and then obviously having, you know, um, foreign players in Nikola Jokic, um, helps 
as well. So and they're they're just their style of basketball is great too to watch. They're always you know moving the basketball and stuff too, playing from side to side. So it's a it's a fun brand of basketball to watch. You uh-huh. know, I want to see. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. Um, do you think with Nikola Joker or Joker's dominance, like, do you think teams are gonna have to kind of kind of not? It's it's a new age, but I guess take old things from the past and implement it. Like, do you see a lot of teams now moving to like a too big lineup again, like because to stop Joker? Mm-mm. Nah, nah. I think I think, and again, I mean, this might be wrong, but it just depends on your preference as a as a coach and strategy. But like, I will always just continue to play him like one on one and let him like score. Take away the playmaking. It's the, it's the playmaking that kills when they when you plan him. Mm-hmm. So like I like watching like players like dig at him like try to steal the ball like not commit fully to a double team it's a waste it's a waste of a defensive move like you might as well just stay on your on your man and just let him do what he gonna do yeah so I I mean a two big lineup I just it would have to be like what the Lakers had in twenty twenty when AD plays the four right yeah and and allow him to roam even though that they ate that up too but like I think it it has to be a situation where like. You take away the playmaking because as soon as, as soon as my MPJ is getting off and KCP is getting jumpers, like you just you're gonna get slaughtered. Yeah. Offense. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then moving on from that, um, if there's no changes made, like no big changes made, we we know the change we're talking about. We're gonna get to that later. Right. Do you think the Heat can get back to the finals next year? Um, because they beat the Bucks. Granted, Giannis was out two games. They took care of the Knicks. Um, Knicks are probably only going to get better. Rumors they're about to get Divincenzo, and I'm assuming everyone going to get better. And then uh, they they beat the Celtics, who were the favorites as well, too. Uh, you said if if everything remains the same, basically, like they signed Gabe Vincent and Max Strus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they can because again we talked about the parity in the league and I mean anybody can be anybody but I do not personally see them get back getting back no mm-hmm. um I think uh, I mean the the top of the east is still Milwaukee and Boston mm-hmm. and I do like the Kristaps Porzingis move I don't think it's a I don't think it's an NBA finals winning move or anything like that but I do think like Boston you know they they're not gonna let three zero happen again, and I, I just I see a situation where like they had um, a nucleus problem with their coach early, and I think now having get gotten a, a, a preseason under their belt and like just an off season coming into a, a full like a full like knowing that that's your coach, I think that they'll be the best team to come out of the East still in Boston. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got to see what uh, Milwaukee does too with Middleton and. And right. uh, what's his name? Uh, Brooke Lopez as well, too. Because yeah, they yeah. lose him, then he's done. And he I, probably going to link with Joel Embiid. That'd be crazy. I seen, um, I mean, just just reading a headline that says, I declined my 40-year, or not 40 years, $40 million player option is so crazy. Like, I know that that, like, that means he's probably going to try to restructure it or do something so that they can have more flexibility. But it just looks crazy, like. Just just declining a forty million dollar contract or a player option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Joker played twenty games in the playoffs, averaged thirty points, fourteen rebounds, ten assists, fifty five percent from the field, forty six percent from three, eighty percent from the free throw line. Um, can we now 
and obviously he has his flowers being one of the you know top players already of all time top probably top 10 centers of all time right now can you say right now definitively that he's the best player in the league or no uh i would say i would say that the that that title for me um is still like a healthy Giannis. like i feel like it's still him um Joker has shown though, like again, he's the he he's because the best. I heard LeBron say this once, but he was like the best skill in the NBA is availability. So like obviously he showed that he was on the court and he looked the best player. But for me, just knowing what a healthy Giannis does on both ends, I like uh, Giannis better. Okay, all right, no, I like that. I like that as well too. I'm a, I'm gonna go with Joker now, prisoner of the moment. I mean, I already accepted he's. Not the best defender, but I'll, I'll take his offense and his size any day um, as well, too. And I, Giannis, like, even even though he missed those two games, two and a half games or whatnot, like, he was, I mean, it's a team game, but, like, he wasn't there when you needed him in that crunch time as well, too. I feel like I can rely on Joker um, to either give it to the open man or definitely score. Like, he's one of those players now. And that stratosphere with like a KD, a Steph, or whatnot, where whenever the ball leaves his hands, I expect it to go in. <laughs> and that's crazy. Okay. So. That's fair. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, until until other, until otherwise proven, we're going to see. Let me ask you this, though. Even after the regular season and before like the playoff run, let's just take the regular season. Do you, do you feel that way? Uh, nah, because I think what matters the most is the is the playoffs. Um, so before that happened, I I had Giannis as well too. And and sometimes I'd be thinking, man, if he didn't get hurt with his back those last two games, I mean those first two games, maybe we would have seen Giannis versus Joker. I want That's my dream matchup right now mm-hmm. is Giannis versus Joker or or Joel Embiid versus Joker in the finals. Okay, so was it Steph the year before for you? To me, it's crazy. Like, even though Steph went through all that, beat Boston and everything, I still had Giannis ranked number one. Going in, mm-hmm. going into this past season, I had Giannis number one. Okay. So, it's, it's basically just he just did a phenomenal job during this playoff run. It, it, it just usurped mm-hmm. Giannis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's like, if there was a scale one through 100. Was it better than Giannis' 2021? Damn, that's a tough one, man. Because you can poke, you can poke holes in the armor, right? You can say, even though the teams got restructured, you can say Joker played three playing teams. Lakers were a playing team. Minnesota was a playing team. Miami was a playing team. They right. then they played the Suns, where Katie only played like six, seven games. Right. You can poke holes there, and you can also poke holes in Giannis' run with James Harden and Kyrie being out. Mm-hmm. Trey Young got ha- uh, hampered as well, too. And then I forgot who they played in the first round. Maybe they played the Chicago Bulls. Right. No Lonzo. Mm -hmm. And the finals, I mean, (laughs) I think they they equal out. Okay. All right, got you. Yeah. What what about you? I mean, for me, it's it's just from a a basketball, not even from a basketball standpoint, but Mm -hmm. I just just from skill and Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, okay. I would take Giannis. Okay, bet. Well, the NBA draft went down last week, and obviously Terrence and I are some San Antonio Spurs fans. So Victor Wimbanyama went number one. I was so excited. And even before all this happened, like, I was telling Terrence, I was like, 
the way everything was set up, like I didn't know if we were gonna get number one, number three, or get just fucked in general. But I I knew for a fact in my head, I, in my head, I was like one through three. So the one through three picks, like I was gonna be fine with either or, and just envisioning how to build around them. But I'm happy um, that we we ended up getting a Victor Wembanyama. So. Welcome to San Antonio. Um, I'm sure all the Spurs fans were ecstatic. This is the first time that we've seen, you know, this much around Victor. Uh, you know, him coming to San Antonio. They had the parade at the Riverwalk. You had Sean Elliott, Mono Ginobili, Tim Duncan, David Robinson all having dinner with him, taking pictures. He said in his press conference he learned more about the NBA having a conversation with them as opposed to his idea of what the NBA was and what he heard from the outside. So that was good. But, you know, just from him, it just looks like it's going to be a guy. Um, and kind of like how you talked about too, where like it's very rare when we get a player who gets drafted, who wants to be on an actual team. Um, so it definitely helps having those French roots with Tony Parker and whatnot as well too. But he generally looks like happy, um, very euphoric. And for his age, I mean, he's, He's pretty – I feel like he's locked in. Um, I don't think the outside knows is going to really rattle him as well, too. And um, I was just looking up some stuff as well, too. I mean, when he had uh, – they had Sean Elliott had an interview today or maybe yesterday or whatnot, and he was just talking about, you know, asking questions about preparing his body, getting rest, what the travel schedule looks like, um, him only being accustomed to playing 55 to 60 games, how to basically prepare for 82. Um, Sean Elliott, you know, thought he was very in tune. Um and one of the biggest things he asked about was how how do you go about getting enough sleep on a row? So, um, and Sean Elliott also said that like it's crazy because like he's miles ahead of his competition because most you know Americans like us we go where the parties at, where the girls at, where to eat at. Out he's just yeah. you know locked in on basketball, and he's so locked in on basketball that he's gonna skip FIBA and just you know commit to San Antonio. So that tells you a lot um, about his character um, and and what he wants you know. For this season for the future but what were your thoughts on the number one pick man um yeah i, I was ecstatic i was watching <laughs> the the um the draft lottery um and just when it got down to the last three uh it, it just felt like like because you know obviously with the lottery anybody <laughs> get the number one pick but you just feel like okay there's a chance here and it's like everybody telling you you know this is the generational talent and and just as a spurs fan like you've seen them not tank over the past, really the last seven, eight years. And you've seen like the Lucas come out. You've seen the John Morant's come out. You've seen the Zion Williamson's and you're just like, bro, like we need to be rewarded. <laughs> we need to be rewarded for the, for the, for the season. We finally decide to tank and we decide to tank and we get victory. Like it just, it felt like poetic that, 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 you know, slotted right next to where we needed to be. Now him as a prospect, um, I, I feel good watching the highlights, but I have not sit sat down and watched a full game. Full game, to, yeah. To, to like seeing like that's what that's what I hate about Cyberpunk. That's what I hate about highlights. Like they only show if you get a crazy defensive style and all your offensive yeah. the points you score. They never show the flaws. Yeah, they they always they love that damn uh, where he shot the three ball and then ran up to the rim and dunked it. <laughs> like, and that's cool, but I, I like I want to see like can he hit free throws? Can he like can he you know, handle. Obviously, I seen him when they actually. I'll take that back. When he played Scoot. Yeah, when he played Scoot, I, I think I may have watched like a half, and like I seen, you know, how you know he could defend, um, you know, ones and point guards stuff like that. But I want to be able to see, you know, over an eighty-two game season, can he can he hold his own? 
like being able to switch out on guard, stuff like that. But I think as a prospect, um, you know, I believe in the hype. <clears throat> He's, you know, 7'5", can shoot it, um, and def- defensively he will ultimately be the anchor of the Spurs defense for the next 20 years. So Yeah. What position do you put him at? Do you just put him at the four? Like, I'm still trying to figure out, is he going to be like a joker, like a point center? Like, I, I've i just never seen someone like this tall with handles like this. So, like, right, yeah. I mean, people be people been talking about Bobo lately. <laughs> They're yeah, like, uh, he's, he's, hey, yo, come on. He's, a, he's an alien, and we mean that in the greatest, you know, uh, mean that in the greatest way. But, like, there's not been a player – of this um of this size with this skill so we'll see i think pop is the, is the perfect coach to figure all of that out um and we'll just have to wait and see um i think we'll see it as soon as summer league honestly um and we'll be able to um see like just what their what their early plan is for him yeah i just pray stays healthy man um what like it's so What's your expectation of him, by the way? Like, I was about to ask you that. I was like, what do you think his ceiling is? Oh, I was just talking about his rookie year. His rookie year? For now, yeah. <sighs> See, that's tough, man, Um, because I'm just trying to figure out, like, is Pop just going to off the jump treat him like a LeBron? Like, oh, here, here's your team. You got the reins. Or, like, all right, we're going to play this brand of basketball. You're going to get your points within the system because – in my head, I think he's going to win rookie of the year. But depending on Dame's situation, Scoot's going to have the ball in his hands more. So I have Scoot probably winning rookie of the year for real, for real. But my expectation for him to play at least 65 to 70 games, um, make it all first team, mm-hmm. um, and get his ass kicked and learn. <laughs> like I don't really have no real expectations for his rookie year, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think – I think that he'll win rookie of the year by default just because of the, the 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 media darling that they've made him into already. I think that that's just I just think that that's how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um if I mean if Dame were to get traded, I mean then that kind of maybe opens the door for for something to make it happen for Scoop, but I think um with the bevy of t- or not the bevy of talent, the lack of talent that the Spurs have, you know, just in their starting lineup, I think from what Vic will do as far as utilization, plus the media really wanting to push his stardom, I think that he'll get rookie of the year. I think he'll get first team as well. Um, and I think, you know, he'll impact winning. So I think, you know, I think a personal goal for him yeah. is to not be a lottery team. And I think it'd be great to see that <sighs> if he could carry that. I yeah, don't know. That's a you lot know, of pressure. Honestly, you know. If you are what they've been saying you are, like it, it, it's a possibility. It'd be cool to see. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to be a lottery team one more year. Well, of course. I just want I want I want a dynamic guard like a scoot to play to play the point for us, and then we good. We can we can we can we we good from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I really do like City Sissoko. He's another guy from France. I don't know if I sent you his highlights or whatnot. I'm so. still trying to piece together like what type of player he can be, but he just has a lot of raw talent. Uh-huh. Um, he can knock open the open shot. He can get to the cut, very athletic, can defend the one through five. Like He can do everything. Swish Army knife. Mm-hmm. Some people call him like if Boris Diaw was athletic at all, okay. that's the type of player he can be. But um, if he has the right mindset under this coaching staff and pop, 
I think they can probably long term be the one two punch. Maybe I'm maybe I'm hyping them up. Okay. But I'm gonna send you his shit later. That he looks nice, bro. He looks real, real nice, man. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like you said, everybody look nice in the highlights. We gonna see on <laughs> the NBA floor. Yeah. And, you know, Draymond Green push him out, push him around a little bit. We'll see. But mm-hmm. I think, I mean, this I still kind of hold true to like this is going to be one of the more phenomenal drafts I think just in NBA history. I think that it was it was deep not only in the first round but also in the second rounds. Um, a player that I wanted. Yeah, that's 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 what I was gonna ask you about, like, because I wanted to focus on you know just Victor, just to, to focus on Victor being number one. But from two to sixty or whatever, like, yeah. yeah, what were your thoughts on the draft and what were players that stood out to you mm-hmm. and teams that you thought won um, or did a good job at drafting? Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so first and foremost, I, I think what's what's really phenomenal about this draft is that it was um, multi-dimensional. What I mean by that is that. Players that were in the top 10 came from college, came from Europe or overseas, and then also came from overtime elite, which is showing teams or showing kids that you can go anywhere and still get drafted. Like, you know, we're talking about overtime elite is a, is a basketball league that was started off as just like as a YouTube channel that then had, you know, investors and became a league. And now they put two players in the top five. Would you say crazy? Would you say that even though he didn't take this route, but it's just the non-traditional way from, you know, not going to college. Would you say LeVar Ball was one of the OGs for that? Uh, I would, before I would say LeVar Ball, I would say Brandon Jennings. Because I think from Brandon oh. Jennings like he, was, he was one of the first ones that, like, did it successfully and then ended up in the lottery. I forgot. But LeVar, I think, from a from a hype man perspective, was, was pretty great in, like, ushering that. Uh, ushering that in but I think to get back to the point about which teams did really well um, I think I think the Rockets to me are the number one because they got the they got the overall Thompson twin the one that kind of do it all Um, and I think he's like that I think that leadership or leadership piece that the Rockets need like they've got they've had great draft picks from the past past two three years but I don't think any of them look like a leader in the actual locker room so I think that that pick um, of Usar Thompson, I think is how I'm you pronounce Amen, Amen, Amen Thompson. Yes, Amen Thompson, and then um, Cam Whitmore from Villanova. I think were two tremendous picks for them. Cam fell a lot farther than people thought he was going to. People, I mean, he's like a top five talent. And then you got um, Spurs, obviously. You know, getting the generational talent that they got. And then I will also say, Cleveland Cavaliers. They stole Imani Bates in the second round, bro. And oh Imani yeah, Bates, basically compared to KD. Imani Bates was supposed to be. Is he from DMV? Uh, no, he's from Michigan. Okay, Michigan. Um, he's supposed to be like a top five NBA talent. Like as soon as he was he was coming from uh, from high school, he he had committed to Michigan State, then decommitted, then went to Memphis, then got in some trouble, ended up going to Eastern Michigan. And I think that's it where, like, he had that trouble mixed in with what the NBA GMs are seeing now from John Morant. That had a tremendous sounding effect on, like, I think where he is in the draft because of his off-the-court baggage. But as an NBA talent, like, Imani Bates is going to be tremendous for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and then... You think he's going to produce right away? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. get minutes right away? Uh, I mean... I think so because he's six, like eight or nine, six like, ten, six ten. <laughs> you that would, that would like 
dribbling skills and shot creation, like yeah, you have to play that player. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're not you're not freaking the Boston Celtics. So yeah, he has to play because Karis Levert are doing nothing for them. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I think another really great pick, um, that I really really liked, um, uh, was for the Hawks. His name was Kobe Bufkin. Mm-hmm. I think he he his game reminds me a lot of Jordan Poole, but a lot more like uh. A lot more sounds on both ends as far as like not taking bad shots, but it has great. See a shot bigger position. guard. Um, no, they're about the same size. I think. I think it's probably like six, five or six. Uh, that's six. perfect because Trey Young is small. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah, like yeah. that too. I don't like the too small backcourt. I don't right, like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, you talking about the Portland special? The Portland <laughs> yeah, dog. Special. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it either. Um. So yeah, I think that they they had a great draft. Um. And, but I think Houston. Has got their locker room leaders, I think, from the picks that they that they took, um, and we'll see what they do in free agency too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nah. I I think my favorite is probably Portland, um, because I do really really like Scoot Henderson. Like I said, I was prepared to pick him, um, and I think he's going to be that franchise player that they need in case. Dame decides to leave. I think he can take that mantle. And then Chris Murray was a good pickup as well, too. Um, if he's anything like his brother, I mean, I've been watching his highlights. He's been at Iowa all four years. I think he's going to be really, really good. So they're already going to have a lot of size um, to kind of go along. Because right now, who they got? They came right still a work in progress, obviously. And then they got Shaden Sharp. And then they got, um, what's the other point guard or dynamic oh, Anthony guard? Simons. Anthony Simons. So they got some nice young talent yeah. um, to to be good for the future as well, too. So I really like them. And I also liked um, Utah Jazz, Taylor Hendricks from UCF. And then I think they got Keontae George from Baylor. And then Bryce uh, Sensenbaugh from Ohio State. So, yeah, they 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 had, they, they had a good draft, but overall, I think like you said, this is going to be one of the drafts we kind of look back years from now and be like, damn, like we had some talent that came from this joint. A lot of talent. There was talent in the second round. I mean, we're talking about like there's this kid that went to uh, South Carolina. His name is Gigi Jackson. He was the he was going to be the number one rated recruit for this draft cl- or not this draft class, but. Uh, Bronny James's uh, recruiting class. Mm-hmm. He was the number one recruit in that same that same class. He decided to reclassify to go to college this past year, and he went in the second round. He went to Memphis, and he's got he's got untapped potential too. Like he he hasn't hit his like his NBA or not his NBA ceiling, but just like how good he's gonna be. And he went in the second round. I think he's gonna be great too. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What are your thoughts on Brandon Miller? Aside from all the hoopla, you know, I'm saying he said his goal was Paul George. I can see that. That's his favorite player. I don't, I'm not oh, mad so about you're that. About, like, that specific no, not interview. that. Like him being a number three, you think he's going to pair well with Lamelo? Like oh. you think his ceiling's high? Like what do you yes. think about Brandon Miller? Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think that that's a uh, no brainer pick. Like I don't think like I think his NBA floor is really good. Like as far as just Charlotte just needs talent to come in the door. Like they need talent, so I think from a from a GM perspective, them picking Brandon Miller was great. It was I don't want to call it safe. I mean they 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 picked right, um, but I think his do I see like all star potential? I don't know. I have to figure out like like what his work ethic really looks like. Like how good is he going to get from freshman to sophomore year? Like. I know he has like talent and he's good. He can shoot the ball. He can, you know, he can get his own offense. 
Um, but I would have to see like what his work ethic is, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, he dropped big points, you know, all the time in Alabama. So I think he's got the the NBA game to be successful in mm-hmm. starting, you know, two guard or three guard or three in the in the NBA. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. No. I, like even before the draft, I, I never knew about the comparison. I just watched him play, um, and I always say you remind me of PG um, yeah. or like a T Mac based player. So like you said, if he has the right work ethic. And not necessarily even the work ethic. If he, I don't know what the player development really looks like in Charlotte. It's not, it's not <laughs> that good. good. He got to do it. No, it's not good. <laughs> On that case, uh, we're going to see. Like, and I also heard just, they might bring back Bridges, too. So that would be kind of oh, tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. that would be kind of tough if they bring them back. I um, I mean, you just they've, – they've also just not hit on home run players. So I think – Lamelo being a surefire, and then Brandon Miller being a great player with a with a with a solid you know floor is going to help them at least be not in the bottom tier of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay, you talked about a man on the Rockets. What about yes. his What about his brother us here? Like, is he more so of the shooting guard? Because I mean, obviously they drafted who did Jaden Ivey last year, right, 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 and then years before they. Killing Hayes about to go, <laughs> but do you see? Because they try to also put before K got hurt at the point. So like, wh- how do you think they shuffle around those three players? Yeah, um, I think that they'll that they will. I mean, they also picked up um, Marcus Sasser, who went to U of H, my my uh, my school too. He's a point guard as well. So yeah. I think I think that they're trying to. They might do a little three guard lineup. So they might they got the that. size, yeah. They might do that. So like they might try to just do something um, you know, out of the norm, um, with Cade. And we really trying to or I'm 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 interested to see which which one of them is going to rise to the, you know, the cream of the crop. because um, Cade was a former, I think, number one pick. Yeah. So I mean, and he wants to get, you know, his his legs in the league, but that might also clash with what, you know, um with that with Osar's, uh, you know, potential, but but we'll see. You know, they 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 picked him, so I know that they have a, a plan for him. But I see him as being a great, you know, defensive um, player for them too, um, and kind of setting that tone for them on that side. And then obviously, you you know, you like the Lakers, Bron, and whatnot as well too. But yep, yep. you said the other day there was some players that were passed up that you wish that the Lakers would have got. Obviously, they ended yeah. up getting Jalen Hood. But yeah. how do you feel about him? And then uh, who are the players that you wanted that got passed up on? And then how do you feel about the Lakers pick? The only player that I, I wanted um, that they passed up on was Imani Bates in the second round. Imani, I think, went maybe like 48th or 49th or something like that. Um, and we picked 40th and we picked the the Max um, yeah. Max dude from, uh, from Pepperdine. And, I mean... I looked at his game. He he looks fine, but he's not Imani Bates. You know what I'm saying? Like so, really um, high on Imani Bates. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I really believe in his game. He's just I think he's got what the NBA you you need as as a as a wing player. Um. So, but right. as as far as Jalen Hood Shafino, um, he is he is a high basketball IQ player, and I like that. And he gives effort on the defensive end as well. Problem is is that I think the Lakers are are going to resign D'Angelo Russell and I think like as far as can what, they can they afford to sign D'Lo, Rui and Reeves? Yeah, because I think they own all they own all those three rights. and Lonnie Walker's bird rights so they can resign them up to the 
to whatever um to to keep them on the caps or on the caps uh table. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I think I think drafting a point guard was wasn't the best move they could have made. I, I would have rather them get Cam Whitmore. That was the other player bet- besides Imani Bates that they passed up on. Uh, Cam Whitmore is like a six seven like wing player that I think that would have been great under the development of the Lakers like development squad because they got a great them San Antonio, uh, Memphis, and Miami. Like they got great like development staffs, and I think you know Cam would have flourished under us but Jalen I think you know like I said high basketball IQ player 6'6 six, six, big guard that's it's gonna be a good player to have in your rotation but I don't know if I see starting point guard potential from him because he's not a great um three-point shooter to like space the floor out he can get he can get buckets on the second level like that mid-range that's kind of his range and that's kind of what I what worries me about Scoot too is like you know he's not a, a natural like smooth shooter but like we'll see if he can develop that in the nba yeah i think that's hard though i think developing your shot when you get to the nba even though you're a professional and you're supposed to be in the gym it it can be hard to to find that shot finally in the nba Mm -hmm. but um yeah those are the two players cam whitmore and imani bates that i felt like could have been home run and they both would have been wing players which i think is what the lakers have have been missing over the past few years damn especially on the win now time frame yeah, and you got Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. You sign, you can sign Dennis Shooter with like the mid-level exception that they have. Like, like I think the guard spot was fine. Mm. Oh, Rob did. Um, <laughs> so the Suns landed Beal. So Bradley Beal was traded from the Washington Wizards to the Phoenix Suns on June nineteenth of this year in a blockbuster deal that wasn't really blockbuster, but blockbuster name that included Chris Paul, Landry Sham, and multiple second round picks and multiple pick swaps, pick swaps as well too. Um, so the trade was finalized after Beal waived his no trade clause, which he had um, as part of his five year two hundred. $51 million extension contract that he signed with the Wizards back in 2022. So only one year in the contract. Tell me your thoughts, man. I've been waiting to ask you this. What are your thoughts on Bradley Beal leaving Peyton's team, the Wizards, to go to the Suns? Um, <laughs> I, I hate the trade. I think that there's redundancy in it. I think that their food on defense even worse than they were before. And I think that, like, Bradley Bill as your third best player, like, I mean, cool. He'll have open shots and he'll hit them. But, like, I just I just think there's so much redundancy between him and, and um, fuck. And Booker? And Booker, yeah. Like, he hates just, Booker, by the way. It's just like, I don't know why. if your plan is to really legit play Devin Booker at point guard so that I, it can work, like, I just, I, I just don't, I don't, like, I don't see it for real for 82 games and plus playoffs. Like I don't see Devin Booker playing successful point guard play night in and night out in, in, in NBA season, given that he's been a scorer the, his whole life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think like Bradley for what they want to do, like they want to win while they have KD and, and while they're like trying not to get punished under these new CBA rules, having a super team, Having three niggas on your team <laughs> that can make north of thirty. Matter of fact, they said the other day they're gonna keep um, they, DeAndre Aiden. So it's like you got four niggas who make more, plus 30, 30 plus million dollars on your team. Like you're you're gonna get punished for this move. You better hope that it it, it you know wins you a championship. But personally, <laughs> it's not like as a basketball as a basketball team. You look at what who Kevin Durant is. 
what Devin Booker provides and what and what Bradley Bill provides, like just from an NBA per, prototype of a of a starting five, they don't look like a starting five to me. Like they have, there's just too much like redundancy. It's just three shooters, three scores really, and a and a and a big man who don't really like to bang. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it don't, it ain't gonna work out, bro. <laughs> but but the thing is that they had to do something. They had to get rid of Chris Paul, and they did that. And you know they said, well, hey, like if we can get a really good player out of it, let's do it. And they did it, and that's fine. Like, but I don't think that this move, and as we've seen, like a, a super team does not get you to. It doesn't get you to a conference final sometimes. Like I think that. They had better balance before they even added Kevin Durant. I know that people don't believe that they're a better team without Kevin Durant than they are with him, but I am in that boat. I'm in that boat. I'd rather them have um, Mikel Bridges and fucking Cam Johnson. They looked really good. The floor is spaced, and they looked like an NBA team with that roster. Yeah, and it goes back to when Carl was on one of the episodes before where you're like, do you get in the win now situation or take the model where I think a lot of teams are really going to start to implement non-super teams, build through the draft, make your trades, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, if y'all could flip Landry Shamit and Chris Paul into Beal, there was no need to, like you said, get Kevin Durant. You could have flipped Chris Paul and still got Beal and still had Cam, and still had what you call it, and then you flipped DeAndre Aiden for like yeah. a Miles Turner or whatnot, In your first round and they would have yeah. been good. Yeah. But when you're a new owner, you want to flex a little bit, so I can see why they did that as well, too. KD's getting a little bit older. Um, he's proving he can't stay healthy, but when is Bill really proving that he can stay healthy as well, too? Or Booker. Booker always got hamstring problems as well. Um, I think it works. I just, even like even though they a super team. You think what works? I think them three work can work together. Like Bill, Bill, bef- like before, like he got into his prime, he played a lot of off-ball basketball alongside John Wall, um, and Devin Booker and KD played great off-ball as well too. Devin Booker, whenever CP was out, and then when the Suns were kind of making noise um, from even before the bubble, going into the bubble, and then when CP got traded, like. Whenever CP went out, D-Book always played point guard. Um, so I think he's going to be the number one. And then him and Bradley Beal are going to kind of both be the playmakers for that team as well, too. So I think it's going to work from a ball handling standpoint, playmaking standpoint. Mm-hmm. But the only thing I'm worried about is, like, even though they got a big three, it's just like, like you said, if you got four, you got three of them making over 40 mil, like you said, one of them making over 30 mil. What players are you gonna have left to sign? You're not you're not like a Miami franchise where they just find undrafted niggas everywhere. They just you know pop into the system. Yeah. So what are you gonna do with those roster spots five through whatever? That's what I'm concerned about because it's proven that it's not about who you have on your team. It's also about your depth um, and your health. And those three are some fragile niggas. So I, who on that team is the leader now? Book. You think Katie leader? Katie just is going to be the coach, Frank Vogel. As far as players, I don't trust DeAndre Ayton. Bradley Beal has not shown me he can be a leader in D.C. at all. Or When Russ came there, he was a leader. And then before that was John Wall. Beal's never even played winning basketball outside of playing with those two. Granted, and you still had you still had you still had Kuz, you still had all these other players, and they couldn't even make the plan. Like that shit was. 
disgusting. Okay. But I think I think this is Book's team. I think Book's the leader. It is definitely his team. I and I know that the leader is not always usually is rarely the best player on the team, but do you see Devin Booker as a player to galvanize the troops? When everything's I'm going south. Seeing, I mean, I, I guess by default I would go to KD, but like I don't I the eye test tells me just based off of longevity for that team, the franchise player for that team, and you can just tell he looks like the alpha there, but if you're saying when there's times that are tough, I guess KD, but I mean I don't know who's going to be that guy like a Draymond, like a Marcus Smart, who we about That's to talk about, who's going to be on that rah, rah, rah shit. I don't know. And every champion. Because that was Chris Paul, that. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't I don't every know. Team, every team needs that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in, in Denver's case, a little bit, it was, you know. Who would you say it was, it was for little, Denver? It was a little bit of Aaron Gordon and KCP. Like, I felt like every time and I Jeff seen. Jeff Green a little bit? Yeah, well, I would just, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, DeAndre I think, Jordan sometimes from the bench. I think as you down his ass every shit. time like KCP was wired, like he was the one that was always talking on a on a bench and like you know just galvanizing to make sure everybody was together. And I think like I just don't know who that is on the roster for Phoenix. But again, like just from a talent perspective and winning the eighty two games in the regular season, like yeah, you got the talent. I just don't know how it, how it fits because I don't know seeing Devin Booker play point guard for eighty two games is a is I haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, you're going to see it this year. And if they, because it's a regular season, if they stay healthy and get like a top two seed, Book might win MVP this year. Mm. Okay. One on one, and one on one's <laughs> they about to play hella one on one. He about to be so efficient. They you gonna, saw what he was doing in the playoffs, bro. They're gonna, they gonna cook Bradley Bill on, on defense, though. I don't know who they're gonna, gonna cook guard. all them on defense. I don't know who. I don't know. I don't know who he's gonna guard. Uh, when Bradley Bill wanted to play defense, he can at least stay somewhat in front of his defender in, in Washington. But like Washington, they're not on TV like that, so no one. Except for Payton going to watch something. I've seen, the I've seen the highlights of him just like completely losing his man, though, and just having bad basketball IQ. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about here. I mean, obviously. Do you I think it's also one of those things where it's like, yo, I don't feel like, like it. Is it like, yo, I don't, I don't care anymore? Like, I don't want to play? I mean, yeah, it's some of that, I'm sure. But again, like. Because who wants to play losing basketball? Jordan Poole. <laughs> Jordan Poole. <laughs> Yo, they sent him to the shadow realm, but like, look nah, at, they like sent him to the watch. <laughs> like, a, whoa, like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Nah, that was smooth. That was smooth. But nah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. I mean, we can talk about Jordan Poole right now, you know. Hey, man, he went from the Bay to the Chaka City, so he still got the baddies pulling up on him 24 7, the Wizards uniform. Um,. Yeah, man, like seeing everything unfold from last year with the punch to not having as a productive season. Now he's on the Wizards. Obviously, he's healthy. Last year, he played 82 games, shot 43% from the field, 33% from um, three-point line, and put up 25-3. and three. Obviously, he kind of struggled in the playoffs as well, too. At some certain points, is unplayable. But, like, how do you feel about, you know, them putting so much – of their time, energy, and effort, their, their stock into Jordan Poole, the Warriors, and then just to kind of trade him to, you know, the Washington Wizards, and then also after that, like, what do you, what are your expectations for him with the Wizards? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sad because I, I just as a basketball player, I liked watching his game. It was like another, what's like another, like you remember Talon Horn Tucker? 
Like, yeah, TST. The Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like, I love watching his game. And then when they traded him to Utah, I'm like, fuck, I'm never going to see him play again. Like, it's just, like, there are certain basketball players that are hoopers, right? That, like, yeah. who hoop. And you can see it, <laughs> yeah. you know, on the television. Yeah. And now, you know, not being able to see Jordan Poole. I guess I'll see Bradley Bill some more, but I mean, I'm not excited. But <laughs> but no, I, I think um, I think he will play losing basketball in Washington. I think he'll average two assists, maybe one point five assists a game. Oh wow! And he gonna go down. He played he'll, thirty minutes last year. He probably gonna play damn near forty this year. And he, and he will average like twenty eight a game. I think I think he was going Ooh. to shoot that shit. He's going to shoot it <laughs> on his Kuzma shit. Yes, he's going to shoot it. He's not passing it to nobody. Mm. But I'm I'm super sad because I thought, as just from a outsider looking in from what Golden State had, like you had, you had a great piece. Like even if defensively he was food, offensively like you can't deny like he he. He was part of your future. Like you, you paid him. Obviously, the, the money you thought he was, he was formidable. So I feel like sending, sending him away because of you know the turmoil from the Draymond situation. I'm like, but bro, you telling me Jordan Poole don't have longer time in a Golden State Warriors uniform uniform than Draymond Green does? And I know you're still trying to win now, but it's like. Draymond's up for a contract now. He could leave. He just opted out. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I just felt like it was poor um, asset management on their part. I thought. I Bob thought, Myers is like, fuck y'all. I thought just, on, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I felt like as of Mike uh, Dunleavy Jr., the new GM for the for the Golden State Warriors, like, you, you keep him and see, like, at least, like, if it can be. If it can work out, you know, this next season, if you were to sign Draymond Green, but I feel like, I feel like, I feel like just based off of everything that kind of rival, like you had to choose between the two. I would have went younger, but I get them wanting to kind of like the Spurs have their big three there until until the wheels fall off. And that's a horrible decision because what's going to happen is you're going to be left with Steph, and who's what thirty five. Exactly. Clay, not the same Clay no more. To go get a thirty-eight year point, thirty-eight year old point guard, that don't make sense. How you feel about CP three there? I don't think he's going to be there at the end. I think he'll be a great, you know, whatever it is in the regular season. But he's shown us two years in a row like he's not can't stay healthy. So So the only thing you're concerned about is his health. I'm not concerned about it. I know it's going to be a problem. <laughs> like, it's shown. It's shown itself. So, I don't think he'll be on the floor. I was going to ask you, like, that trade is – I, I know I know why. So, they can not pay as, that much of a penalty in the luxury tax moving forward. Because I think after this year, he's not going to come back. But does that does that improve? Does that move the needle for the Warriors at all? Are they still in that gray area? No, it does not. At the end of the day, like, like they can make adjacent moves from their big three, but at the end of the day, their big three have to be the best players on the floor for them to win. Like, and they're past their prime except for stuff. Right. And you've had horrible asset management. You've let you Come, let you let you let James Wiseman go for for a player you already had. Oh yeah, it was for uh, Gary Payne Jr. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then you just let Jordan Poole go for Chris Paul, who's thirty eight. Like that's just horrible. Yeah, I would have got. I would have got. Uh, Better. You didn't get anything. Yeah. You didn't get any assets back for real. Mm-hmm. And Gary Payton, he didn't have the same impact on the game that he had in 2021. Mm-mm. So like, or not 2021, 2022. The, yeah, the yeah, before yeah. So like, 
it just looks bad. It looks bad for the future of what Golden State is building, and they've looked so good from a front office perspective the past five years. It's five Myers, weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things with Pool, aside from you know the beef he had with Draymond, was he wasn't really that floor general you kind of wanted when Steph was off the floor and he wasn't efficient. I mean, or at least with Chris Paul, I think they're going to play at a slower pace. I see Chris Paul coming off the bench. Um, still probably giving you 14, 5, and 5, or like maybe 14, like 7 and 5, maybe. Um, but I don't I really just doesn't I really don't see how his game translates to the style of basketball the Warriors play. So I'm, I'm curious is like, is Steve Kerr gonna change up the flow of the offense now? Or I don't I mean, know. They don't even have a role man for him. Mm-hmm. Looney's decent, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but they're not gonna play Jonathan Kaminga. They've they've shown that. So I don't know who is the athletic person that's supposed to you know really be that role man and give Chris Paul that outlet. But I mean, he got shooters, so mm. we'll figure it out. But I just I just think from an asset management perspective and Chris Paul's health, I just I just think it's horrible. Mm. I just think it's horrible. Okay, now we talk about. Well, Memphis, you know, who is that leader as well, too? Was it Dylan Brooks? Yeah, yeah. Dylan Brooks, obviously, they announced right when they got eliminated. We ain't resigned him, which is kind of fucked up, by the way. But Marcus Smart got traded to Memphis, had a decent year, played, I think, about 60 games, a little under 60 games, averaged 12, 6, and 3. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, Marcus Smart being traded to Memphis, knowing that John Moran also is going to be out for, what, the 25 games? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that trade there? Yeah, I think that was my, to me, in my opinion, I think that's the greatest, or that's been the best add to a good to a team in the, the uh, off season so far. Off season so far, I think <clears throat> obviously from a talent perspective, Chris Tapps on on Boston is, is is great, but I think from a fit and for what Memphis has sorely, <laughs> <laughs> sorely has had has not had on their roster, I think it's the perfect fit. It's the perfect culture fit that they need. Um, because they do have the talent. Um, and now that obviously they'll get back um, Steven Adams and there was another big that they had. Oh, Brandon Clark. Um, oh, yeah. I just think Damn. They'll, they'll now have, you know, their full roster. Tyus, jo- Tyus Jones gone, though, but you yeah, got yeah. him with Marcus Smart. You got Marcus Smart now. But I, yeah, I, in, in as great as Tyus Jones looks for them, I, I would prefer Marcus for what he does from a leadership perspective. Um, for for what he'll do for Memphis, um, I, I think it'll essentially be to a lesser extent the, the Draymond effect essentially, mm-hmm. um, and then for John Morant to miss twenty five games that will hurt, but I think Marcus will lessen it, um, and I I just expect for them to just like obviously they, I'm not sure what their record was I just know it was a winning record when he was gone last year, mm-hmm. um, or not gone but when he just was hurt or he was out of the lineup. So they have experience to do it. Um, they have a leader now, I think, a vocal leader in the, in the locker room. They have one of the better coaches in the NBA. Yeah. So. yeah, I agree with everything you said. The only thing I'm worried about is uh, who's going to be that quote-unquote 3 and D, that wing player uh, to that they're going to sign. or They're going to try to throw everything for OG, I probably, probably, honestly. See, that's why I wanted. But who would you throw for OG on that roster? I guess that's why I wanted him, or I still wanted uh, the backup point guard. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. If they get OG though, with Marcus Smart and like you said, Brandon Clark, Adams, JJJ, and Ja, 
they gonna be all right. They gonna be all right. Like you said, the only the biggest thing that they lacked was health and Seriousness. leadership. Seriousness. <laughs> Seriousness. So Seriousness. that should be good. I mean, moving on from that, you know, Christoph Porzingis, who had a great fucking season, by the way, very slept on because not on a good team, but very efficient for the Washington Wizards. Had a career year, damn near almost fifty forty ninety. Um, what are your thoughts on him going to Boston? Obviously, Joe Missoula, that was, that was his first year being a coach, getting tossed into the fire. Um, obviously, he has a lot to learn from as well, too. But what are your thoughts on Boston, you know, going for Kristoff? I'm assuming Mar- uh, Al Horford is going to be replaced by him now, so right, you, you, yeah. get, you get a little younger. Yeah. But your thoughts on that? I think from a, a basketball perspective, it's a great move. Great fucking move. From a locker, from a locker room perspective now, I just want to know whether or not Chris Stapps has matured at all from his time in Washington after leaving Dallas because from what the rumors were saying was that he wasn't okay with being the number two to Luka, never got the ball. I and don't well, wasn't really utilized well, too, under uh, Jason Kidd. Or no, not Jason Kidd. Um, we had Jason Kidd for a year, but uh, what's homie's name? Rick Carlisle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he moved, he utilized yeah, him more like, as a uh, as a, a spacer for Luca. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> but um, but but um, yeah. I just want to know whether or not he is go- because obviously he knows he's like coming in your third option, and like I just want to know from a basketball or from a locker room perspective if you know he's okay with that because he wasn't okay with being the number two to Luca. Like that's crazy. So I just I just want to know if he's if he's okay with that because you know as a third option you're only getting like. At max, 15, 16 shots. Yeah, attempts. Yeah. You know, so like that that means you gotta get your game off in a shorter, you know, amount of attempts. And if he'll be okay with the ridicule that he'll get, because usually the third option is always a scapegoat. So mm-hmm. now I like a guy like who can spread the floor, who's gonna be he's what, seven one, seven two, great yeah. defensive presence. Cause you can play him alongside Robert Williams now too. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you got Jason Tatum with Jalen Brown, those two crazy wings. Yeah, <laughs> if, Defensively, they should be great. Yeah, if they don't get it done with this, I don't know what else you can do. That's that's it. I don't know what else you can do. You have two premier wing players, and then a a, a center who can shoot the ball at seven two. Nobody's blocking a shot except for Victor, and he can play both ends. Like I don't know, like what else do you need? Only thing that's missing is a nigga to develop his left hand dribbles. If he develop his left hand dribbles, they good. Like, it's like what's crazy is. They and I mean again maybe they just thought size was the answer but for for forever it was Marcus Smart don't make great decisions we need a point guard they go and get Malcolm Brogdon they get him for a year and then they ship him out uh so he he was I thought he was getting traded to the Clippers and they declined it because his health concern was bad oh no, no, no I'm tripping I'm tripping yeah and then that's when it switched from Marcus Smart okay so my bad you're right um so that's what I'm okay so so what I'm saying is like I don't know what else. They're missing. There's no more. There's no more. Like, there's no more holes. Like before, yeah. it was point guard. Now you got the point guard. Yeah, him and Derek White. Now yeah. you got a center to replace Al Horford and his aging. You know, mm-hmm. whatever he couldn't do in the playoffs. So yeah. I just there's nothing else. Yeah, Jason Tatum, please go get it done, bro. Messed up his ankle. Who knows? Maybe they would have won Game Seven. But no, nah, I like it. They should be a top two seed in the Eastern Conference. And they should be favorites coming out of the East as well, too. So, like you said, no excuses. Work on your left hand, uh, Jalen Brown. Work on your left hand and your playmaking, and you'll be straight. And my fault, Jason Tatum. Sometimes the eye test will tell me when I'm watching the premier nationally televised games, JB looked better. 
it's clearly JT is the best player on that team for sure. Um, Draymond declines his player option. Do you see him staying or do you see him going, man? Because I, I like some some potential teams. I like them honestly. Sacramento will be tough. Yeah, I think Sacramento will be great if Sacramento can't get him. Probably Kuzma, but I would want someone more of a three-level score that does not an empty calories that amounts to winning Chris Middleton. So I would I would probably go for those two. But what are your, what are your thoughts on Draymond? You think he stays? I think he stays because the teams with cap space don't look that good. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't think, even if he were to go to sack, I don't think he wants to play Steph four times a year and then also see him in the playoffs. Like I think, I think his home, a lot like a lot of lifers that are franchise lifers. I think it just makes sense for him to stay there. Yeah, um, otherwise they wouldn't have traded Pool too if they if they knew they weren't gonna he wasn't gonna opt out and they're gonna sign him longer term. Right, right, right. Even though I know that he wanted to to repair that um, situation, um, I do think that you know all of the rah rah just negotiation tactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. No. Okay. Honorable trades. Your boy John Collins is on Utah, um, and then Nasri got an extension for the uh, for the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. I wanted Nasri because I wanted the the amount of cap space that the Kings could have created. I wanted them to get two players, and I wanted them to get uh, Kuzma. If so, I think Kuzma won thirty mil. If he would have took like twenty five, twenty six, and they gave the rest of that cap money to Nasri, I think Kings would have been like right there. But uh, what are your thoughts on Col- anything to comment on John Collins and then the extension for Nasri? Um, I John, think also John Josh Hart got a Knicks or they picked up the Knicks picked up his player option too. Yeah, um, yeah. I, John Collins, I mean, ain't much to say about bro because <laughs> he he the same player he was when he was at Wake Forest and came into the league. Um, I don't. I mean, he gonna be in Utah, whatever. Um, Nas Reed, you know, great improvement. You know, he was an undrafted, you know, free agent, came into the league, um, and now, you know, signed forty two or a forty two million dollar deal. Um, really great. Um, I think, I think I'm more interested in the later moves, like what Austin Reed is going to get signed for, where Draymond goes. I don't. I mean, those two moves, I don't think move the needle for either team. Not even either team. Like even for where they came from. Like for John Collins in Atlanta, I don't think you know, I, I don't think they'll miss him. Yeah, and I also got rumors of, um, what's his name, Fred Van Fleet, and also Dylan Brooks being attached to the Rockets as well too. I think those would be some good vets to pair along with that young talent and their coach. Fred Van Fleet, yes, I don't want Dylan Brooks nowhere near a young core. I need Dylan. I lo- I just love. I love it Clippers. for the theatrics, man. He's no, no, that's where he needs to be because. Literally, the Clippers are are where he should be. Clippers, just l- yes, be with losers. That and he just needs somewhere to like be. Like I feel like not. I, I feel like wherever he go, he just gonna talk. Yeah, but it just didn't. It didn't make it better that he was on Memphis team who just saw all over the place. He could legit be Patrick Beverly two point for y'all. Yeah, I'm good off that. Like I said, my contract's almost up with the following the Clippers. Okay, because I think last, uh, next year PG and Kawhi last year into that contract. You gotta stay until the the newer. You gotta at least go to the ribbon. We, cut. we talked about the ribbon cut. We talked about that. <laughs> I think 
I mean, they're probably going to opt in, so yeah, they're going to open up the arena. I don't know, man. You I'm, at least got to do them. that one year, and then you could dip after that. <laughs> dip after that? You could dip after that. I'm tired of having my soul, soul, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> What's good with James Harden, man? Should he opt in? Should he should he stick with should he stick with Joel and B? Thug it out. They went out nasty last year, or should he try to go back to Houston? Because if I'm a Houston, I don't even want that nigga. But what are you doing if you James Harden, man? He just stay in Philly because he got that coach fired, so everything is fine. He he's he got what he wanted. Like I don't know. I you know I think James, I think James is where he's supposed to be because him and. What's his name? Joel Embiid? No. Tobias Harris? No. No, but no. It's not a player. The GM's name. Oh, Darren Murray. Yeah, like they're just, they're just, they're married. They're married together. They, like, Daryl Murray owes a lot of, like, I guess his notoriety and, like, his his bravado in the league to James for what all the years he won in Houston. And I think he still looks at him as that player. And I think James knows he has that clout or that, like, that respect from him to, like, be able to talk to him about moves. And I don't think he has that clout anywhere else in the league. So I think he's going to stay in Philly. Um, and I know, I mean, him and Joel, their um, their respect for each other is there. And I think he understands that, I mean, where am I going to go to get as, as great of a player than Joel in the NBA? Right yeah, now? all you can do is do a trade, and he would be involved in the trade. I mean, I don't know. I'm not getting rid of Maxi. I like Maxi better than Jordan Poole, by the way. Sure. And I'm not. Do you get you heard Tobias Harris shit today? Yeah. I saw <laughs> How you feel about that? I think you know it's true. I it mean, is mean. Man. A lot of times, a lot of times, bro. Especially if you lose, like if you just lost in the playoffs, you just want to see new faces on the team. Like you don't want to see the same guys come <laughs> back. So I know Tobias or Tobias be seeing that, and he just barked back. It's cool. It's whatever. It's, it's, mm. it's banter. Yeah. Now I mean he's kind of right. Like if you lose him, you ain't gonna get nothing better. Right. So you might as well keep him. Maybe Nick Nurse utilizes him better. I don't know. I thought he was fine, though. I mean. I thought the one thing is that, again, they could have beat Boston, but James just, James just wasn't. like They looked so bad in game seven. Yeah. Both, both him and Joel. Yeah. If they just came and played their normal games, I think they win the game. And if you think they win that game, you think they have a legit shot at being the Cinderella team, Miami Heat? Yes. Hey, man, people be folding, but uh, we'll see how Nick Nurse turns out. I mean, Nick Nurse is a great coach, but, I mean, I, I just want to see what his relationship is going to be like with James Harden because, like you said, James Harden kind of a diva sometimes, at least from yeah. what we see from the eye test. Mm-hmm. So, at, and then at this stage in his career, I don't see him playing off ball. I think he's still going to dribble the shit out of the ball and stand <laughs> <laughs> on the side. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what – I don't know what – Nick Nurse is going to do that Doc Rivers is not going to do. Yeah. So we'll see. And last but not least, Damian Lillard, man. I'm kind of getting tired of talking about this guy and seeing shit about this guy. Very passive-aggressive, having subliminals, welcome to Miami, all this shit, man. If you Dame, man, if you the organization, like, like, what do you think is going to happen? What should they do, man? They should trade him. Trade him? Yeah, you, you drafted a point guard. Um, Who's wearing also zero or double zero? Yeah, I mean it's it's time. It's it's been a great like marriage or whatever, but it's like you're you're now as an organization you're teetering on this on this on this line of like he's in his thirties and I can still get great 
face value for this trade where he is today. Like you should you should pull the trigger on that. Like before it turns into a situation where he just doesn't I mean, I don't know. I don't think he'll fall off. I, I think he'll always be great. He has range. I mean, his range. game was never really, really built off athleticism like that. Right, yeah, so he'll be good. But, like, I, I just do think, like, as far as the amount of value in return you can get because you already have great assets, this would be the perfect time to cash in to continue to be able to draft because they, they have drafted well. It's just that they, have not, well. they have not gotten, like, the the team around him the right way like I don't think they've drafted great guards and smaller players but they have not drafted well as far as the center position or the small forward position to like really builds what they're supposed to build around. you mean throughout Dame's uh uh time there more more so recently mm, yeah yeah I think he should get traded uh it's really on him if he wants to leave like I and I think like the the, the trade that Bill just got done I think, like you said, Portland already has good young assets, and they're going to have future picks or whatever for for foreseeable future. Like, yeah. I think with the amount of his blood, sweat, and tears he put into that organization, I think they do him a solid and be like, "All right, give me draft picks, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, we good." I think they do that. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, why is Miami the only team that's being talked about? Uh it just makes the most. It makes the most sense. I mean, I I had sleeper teams. I don't want them to go to the the Knicks because I don't like. Like I said, I don't like the two backcourt small, small niggas. Yeah. Timberwolves would be tough. I seen people say Brooklyn too, though. I seen people been saying Brooklyn for a while, but it's like, who are you going to get back from Brooklyn? Because yeah. if he wants to go to, I guess because it's late in his career, and I'm just thinking of teams where he can compete and actually have a shot at at least getting to a conference finals or a championship. Yeah. Miami just is the ultimate green light that I'm kind of looking at right now. Um, matching with salaries and knowing that you can, knowing that you can have that big three and still have undrafted niggas just come in and play well. I think yeah. that's, a, I think that's the best option. Okay. Brooklyn, unless like you can keep, if I can keep Cam, if I can keep Bridges, if I can keep Claxon, I can add Dame and then kind of like flip, Benson, because Benson is making 35, almost 40 mil. If you can flip him for like a Pascal Siakam, then that makes sense too, or something like that, or OG or whatever. But right now, I think in my in my eyes, I think it's a foregone conclusion going to be Miami. But the Wolves would be nice if you – because you're not really paying that many people on Portland like that, like that. So you could take on a player like Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert's contract and still have – Nas Reed with Cat with Ant Man and also Dame and uh, Jaden McDaniels that would be kind of tough. Mm. So right now I think Miami and then second place the Timberwolves and then third probably Brooklyn. Mm. Okay. So we are gonna see. Real rapper Cap. It's been a minute since we've done that. To end things off, real rapper Cap. CP3 will play the entire year with the Warriors without getting traded. Uh, real rap. Ooh, no trade. Cause I think they're gonna use his expiring deal as free agent money. Okay, I like that. I'm gonna say real rap with you as well too. Real rapper Cap DeAndre Ayton will get traded before next year deadline. Uh, real rap. Real rap. Yeah, I say real rap, and I don't know why I keep saying this, but I really still believe Miles Turner and another piece is on the way. 
I think so. They're gonna flip that. They're gonna flip that, man. I don't know. They're gonna flip that because they originally wanted him, but we're gonna see. Real rapper Cap Jamal Murray will finally become and make his first appearance as an All Star next season. Cap. Ooh. Western Conference is just—it's just too deep. Yeah. Just from a fan voting perspective, too. I mean, we were just talking about John Morant. And yeah. Steph Curry. Well, John Moran's out of the picture for All Star. Oh, yeah. That's so, true. that's true. Maybe. But I say Cap, too, because you got Steph, you got Fox, who's on the rise. Um, you got Shea, who they love. You said media, he's a media darling. You got Dame, potentially. And then you got Kyrie, too, who's still very popular. So. And Luca. And Luca. So, so, nah, I don't think so. Like, they got the. They, all those Austin Reeves would probably get more votes than him because people all, are crazy. And all those players have their own shoe. They do, they do, they do. Except for Shy. Well, no, Shy. I think has a, has a deal with Converse. Really? I think he has his own shoe with Converse. So it's just like you got players that have like popularity. Like it's just a it's just a popularity contest. Yeah, you need like a giant spirit bomb from the the country of Canada to to get that far. Okay, Royal rapper Cap Joke will win MVP for the 2023-24 season. Real rap. Oh, three of them things. I can see that, yeah. Damn. Especially because they wanted to get they like they didn't want to give it to them. They wanted to give it to Joe, but like I could see them like, oh, well, we gotta make up for the fact <laughs> that we win last year. <laughs> and they team is good, so here you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was torn between the two. I'm gonna say Cap, and I'm just gonna play the what if game. I think Dane gets traded to Miami. Miami gets a number one seed. And Dame wins MVP. Mm, Wild shit. Last but not least, real rapper Cap. The top three draft picks of this 2023 NBA draft class will all be a part of the NBA first team. All NBA first team? I mean, all rookie rookie first team. I'm sorry. All rookie first team. So Brandon Miller, Victor Wimbayama, and Scoot Henderson. Yeah, real rap. I can see that. Okay, so you so you got faith. You got faith in Brandon Miller being first team? Yes. Mm, okay. I'm gonna say real rap as well too. Any closing remarks for episode one thirty-three? Uh, you know, it's my birthday coming up, you know, <laughs> turning twenty-eight, you know, trying to just trying to get my life, you know, where I where I needed to be in my in my thirties, you know what I'm saying? We're not chill, there chill, yet. Chill, chill, chill. <laughs> We're not there yet, but um but I'm excited, you know, to, to turn another year. Um, older, especially after that scare we had on Juneteenth, man. So, <laughs> you know, always trying to appreciate life, um, pe- the people that are here with you, and um, you know, love your peoples. So, love y'all. Yeah, man, all love here too, ladies and gentlemen. That was episode one hundred thirty-three of the Season Show. Make sure, make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at the Season Show at Cersei's at Terrence Whaley underscore. We out. Peace.